0: Uh, a very good afternoon to you, Bishop, and thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us.
1: Thank you, thank you, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Good afternoon to your listeners. Uh,
0: and just very briefly, Bishop, if we could just go back to uh, the reasons why you established the panel and who sat on the panel.
1: The South African Council Churches in December 2015 launched what we call the South Africa Will Pray For campaign which is a, a basically a, a reclamation of the promise of a post-apartheid South Africa that is a just and reconciled and free of ethnic, racist, uh, gender, xenophobic prejudices, where uh, every child born is free to grow to its God-given potential, and where there is freedom from deprivation, hunger, and corruption. So in the context of that, we had a number of pillars, on and one of which is anchoring democracy, which deals with issues of um, democracy promotion, democracy education in our churches, as well as supporting the democratic institutions, including the electoral processes, which we have always done through observer missions, and dealing with issues of the loss of public trust in public institutions, and um, maladministration and corruption. It is in that the view of this. But uh, when we had these these kind of revelations of uh, Jonas and, and Mentor in, in, in early 2016, we then urged the ANC to act on these matters. And they said, oh, we're going to have an NEC who wanted to do the matter. And the ANC happened. And they said, let's have it. And everyone who has got an issue must come to the Office of the ex General. Now, soon thereafter, there was a rather surprising statement uh, from, 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 from Minister uh, flamini who said, we can't do anything about this in any couple. We're all about our small onion of skeletons. All hell will break loose if we talk about these things. And and so we then said, so what then does it mean? Because it means nobody can come to talk to you because you, you pledge you won't do anything about them. And in fact, no one even said this is not true. It's almost like it's commonplace. Everybody knows we have small onion skeletons okay. in, in the leaders movie. So in that context, we established this and said it's, so, it's just a facility for people to unburden themselves. Okay. It was not an investigation at all.
0: So let's go to some of the revelations, Bishop, and I, I don't know how much you can tell us, given the fact that you highlight that there were two uh, changes which were unexpected in, in terms of the workings of the panel, in which you mentioned that people would come to you to unburden themselves, but also would say um, they don't want to speak about it to anybody else and they're afraid of lawyers. What kind of things were people saying?
1: Well, there were, uh, there would be people who have been uh, have had to sign off on things that they know they shouldn't sign off on of. uh, because you know if you got uh, powerful people say, telling you that you are got to do this, and they say on top of that you must do it in a way that you don't get caught. If you get caught, we will not know you. And 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 then and others had refused and they lost their jobs. And, and you know, I mean, it's, it's a very serious thing, but it's much easier, I think, at the national level, because usually these are kind of fairly big people in terms of stature and ability to survive. But some of the things that you hear from smaller towns are painful because the the, the, the space is very narrow. And, and once you are caught into that vortex, you can't get out. And one of the things that we are hoping to encourage uh, uh, I mean, for example, somebody asked me the question today that because the report shows that a minister, a particular minister, uh, appointed certain board members who tend out to be suspect in terms of these processes of capture of, of state-owned companies, and and that minister has moved on, and the question was asked whether I think that minister has a, a corrupt end. And I said, no, I don't think so necessarily. I think that uh, everybody with a a healthy conscience will recognize when they are in a situation where they shouldn't have been. And maybe by just getting moved from that situation to another situation, they're able to recover their compass and be able to behave in the right way. And that's the reason why we're saying to the African National Congress, you know, if you're not conscious, things are really bad. As an organization that's a governing party, do your own soul-searching and recover the values that we've always known the organization to have. It is possible. We are actually in the business of promoting the hope that changes people for the better. Mm. And that's also the reason why we're saying that uh, we should not punish people forever. And those people who really are able to come clean with their situation, there should be space for them to find their feet all over again.
0: I I want to... uh, as a final question, though, Bishop, I understand. You talk about another aspect in which your uh, plans to change were uh, what you say you developed an approach of see, judge, act. But how does that work, for instance? If somebody even, uh, as you said, many of your uh, people, the people who came to you said that they were afraid for their lives, so where does the process act end in the c judge, act?
1: Um. We had three types of people. The one type of person is the person who does not want ever to be known to have spoken about anything. These are the people who are either terrified for themselves or they're too ashamed. They both are broken people. They need pastoral support. We provide that. And I'm saying that I found myself getting back to the same frame of mind as a pastor, where I was when I was dealing with people that were either members of families of somebody that's been replaced and branded as an NBIMB, or somebody who actually killed somebody whom they believed was NBIMB. And it was a very difficult time in the mid-80s in the townships where we were ministering to these kinds of situations. I'm telling you, I felt the same frame of mind came back to me. In this environment. So that's the one type of person. And then the second type of person are the ones like Feti Mentor, like Temba Maseko, like Mkobisi Jonas, uh, who say, I want this to be out there. Let's talk about it. And, 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 and a number of those people uh, are actually very encouraging for them to go to report either if, if you have been if your rights are violated go to the Human Rights Commission. If it's an issue of uh, governance, go to the public protection. I'm encouraged that because these are institutions of the Constitution that must be utilized for the best. And and, and of course uh, it was but there were things that uh, of things that obviously didn't go to the public protection because people didn't want to be known. But those went there that's the second category. The third category of uh of of, 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 of people would be those that uh, would be saying I would like to, I don't want to go to the public protector because I feel it will, uh, I don't want to be, if what's the word, uh, to be to be squealing on, 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 on my leaders because I'm in the ANC. Uh, but at the same time, I would like to go to the ANC, but I'm not sure that it will be entertained. And you know what? I try to assure them because i had to go on to the office of the of the of 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 the, of the, the, house, the house at the uh, uh, instruction of the of our presidium mm. to say let's tell the anc and ask for their permission to bring people who want to bring staff to them because even the invitation to go to the st's office could only apply to anc members nobody was not a member of the anc would go there to report so actually our facility was much more open facility for people but i'm saying But we didn't realize at the time how deep it would get to be. We didn't realize how how expansive it's going to be. And when we realized that, we realized that actually we must not be dealing with the individual issues. We should be dealing with the governmental system and how best to bring back a better environment that all of us can actually be able to recover the promise of 1994.
0: Bishop, thank you so much for your time. Bishop Malusi Mpumulwana is, uh, uh, he was speaking at uh, Regina Mundi, Catholic Church earlier on presenting that unburdening uh, panel. He's the Council's Secretary General. So let's unpack what we've heard. we on the line now to Executive Director at Corruption Watch, David Lewis. Uh, a very good afternoon to you and thank you so much for listening in on that conversation. So Mr Lewis, uh, I'm going to uh, latch on to the last part of what Bishop Mpumlana was saying. So corruption by its very nature uh, is, is veiled, it's shrouded in secrecy uh, and if there's going to be any action on it, specific information, evidence has to be presented. As he said, their approach was pastoral. But what can happen now, now that this report has been released?
1: Well, you know, I, I don't know the details of, of of what is contained in the report. But if there, is, uh, if there are details revealed that allege corruption then, you know, what one would hope is that they would be investigated by the criminal justice authorities. Uh, you know, I'm afraid that for the most part that's unlikely to be the case, and that's one of the reasons why we have such a corruption problem in South Africa. But, I mean, certainly what we would do, and what I hope the media would do, would be to publicize uh, the information that uh, that, that this convening uh, this morning or today has revealed, And, uh, and that, you know, once again, we would exercise the kind of public pressure that I think we have all collectively, and this includes the churches, have been exercising over the past year, and it has brought us to the situation where we are today, which I think is about the most hopeful place that we have been in for a long
0: time. Mm. What the Bishop is saying, I mean, it does detail in the report that there were cases of people at municipal and provincial level who were pressured to divert funds inappropriately to certain activities which had absolutely nothing to do with work or with the purpose of the budget. But uh, they're very emphatic as well that in some cases that opponents cannot be divulged. So... For people who, are, who have security concerns, fear of reprisals, what can be done about it? They want to give the information, but they're also afraid for themselves.
1: Well, you know, we have you know, legislation that protects whistleblowers. Uh, you, you know, there's no getting away from the fact, though, that blowing the whistle is a courageous thing to do, is a civic duty. And so I think one does appeal to people on the basis of their morality and their courage, but one does also try to protect them to the best that one can. We have, you know, uh, we get uh, whistleblowing reports at the rate of about 150, 160 a week. We promise those whistleblowers that we will maintain absolute confidentiality over their identities and that we would never reveal it without their express permission. And that sometimes might make it difficult to further investigate a matter, and we would explain that. And if they agreed then that they could be revealed or the identities could be revealed, then we'll take that further. If not, and we can't do anything more with it, then we would have to not investigate it, and we'll just go into the general sort of basket of data and knowledge that we have about corruption in particular places, in particular sectors, but it is possible sometimes to prosecute a corruption report without disclosing the name of the primary source by finding other corroborating evidence. but whistleblowing involves courage. and you know I, you know I would salute, as the bishop has done, those people who have the courage to uh, tell what they knew. sometimes people will say, "Well why didn't you tell this?" two years ago, well, it would have been more helpful if people had told us the time that it happened, That I'm prepared to take it at any time, and I think it's a, you know, it's a positive thing to do.
0: Thank you so much for speaking to us, uh, Executive Director of Corruption Watch, David Lewis.